If you're looking for a podcast to help you break down the NFL playoff picture... What? No. No, this is is not that podcast. This is, however, comedy... Tragedy. Marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a longtime married couple gets together and take turns each week picking something to watch, a movie, a TV show, a documentary, whatever, and we watch it together and discuss it. Um, I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films when there are films to review at StanTheMovieMan.com. Uh, also monthly for WIMZ.com. You could follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan and follow the podcast at CT Marriage. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do that very easily. Uh, you can send us an email, um, comedy tragedy marriage at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message simply by clicking a link in the description of this podcast. Joining me as usual, is the Christmas gift that keeps on giving <laughs> my better half. Maud the Festive Broad, and just a plug for me, I am Maud the Festive Broad, and I review nothing, oh. ever. Well, <laughs> well, that's fine. Well, um, you know, because like you always tell all the stuff you do, and I do nothing, so here we are. Well, you know. There are things you could do. There are things you could promote if you chose to. Meh. Meh. All right. Meh. Uh, this week it was my turn to choose. Now I pulled sort of a switcheroo on 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 mod. Uh, we just happened by accident to uh, run into uh, the 1984 A Christmas Carol. There oh my was, God! So good. There was. Uh, it stars George C. Scott and. Uh, there was some uh, free streaming channel you wanted me to download on the Roku mm-hmm. uh, to look for Christmas movies, mm-hmm. and where and you had about given up because you didn't like how it looked at first. Yeah, um, and then I, I sort of navigated around in it and found the 1984 Christmas Carol, which was a, a CBS TV movie, but was also released theatrically in Great Britain. Was really, really, we were both like, squeeze! Yeah. Now, this particular streaming channel, and the name of it I do not remember, has commercials. So, um, you know, you sit through 90 seconds or two minutes or however much of commercials, and then it goes back to the movie. That's when you go pee and make your sandwich. Exactly. Uh, pee and sandwich. Two of the most important things when you are streaming. Um, and so... I was like, oh, this is a really good version of this. Yeah. And then I got to thinking, what if this week we compared the 1984 A Christmas Carol, which is, uh, by many accounts, one of the better versions of Charles Dickens' classic story of the miserly Ebenezer Scrooge, and compared that to a more modern version. And so, that's what um, I decided to do. We watched on Disney Plus the 2009 animated version of A Christmas Carol, uh, voiced by Jim Carrey as Ebenezer Scrooge and other parts. Tons of other parts. Along with Carrie, uh, I mean Gary Oldman 
uh, as Bob Cratchit, along with Colin Firth, Bob Hoskins, Robin Wright, uh, and more. Uh, so, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about these two different, yet really very similar versions of 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 the Charles Dickens story. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start first with uh, the George C. Scott 1984 edition. Um, that has uh, Frank Finley, David Warner, Susanna York, uh, Edward Woodward, Roger Rees, along with uh, George C. Scott. Of course, it is Dickens' classic tale of the miser who is visited by ghosts and who try to get him to reform, and he does. Uh, it's, you know, you've seen this a thousand times. It would I, hard to, it would be hard to find a spoiler for this story. Well, anybody who isn't somewhat aware of the story, yeah. either, either the written version or the myriad, um, motion picture, mo- television, TV, cartoon, uh, teleplays. Heck, last year, about this time, we talked about the Christmas Carol. Which is uh, <laughs> an early television version. It's only a half hour long. I think you can find it on Hulu, but it's also on that streaming channel that the name of which I can't remember. I think you can find it on YouTube too. Probably, uh, and it is terrible. Just an awful version uh, with uh, uh, Vincent Price as the narrator of the story. See, here's the thing, and I'm totally stepping on you. Here's the thing. When a few years ago, when I first saw um, a Christmas Carol listing with Vincent Price, I thought, oh gosh, what inspired casting? Mm -hmm. Vincent Price as Scrooge. This is going to be great. And then I turned this thing on, and it's Vincent Price like reading from a storybook, serving as a narrator. And it opens up into this debacle of <laughs> it ain't good of this it's so bad it's delightful and so now it's like every year i kind of want to revisit this thing because it's so terrible yes and the story it all fits in half an hour and it's been truncated in such huge parts oh, yeah. of the story have been cut out uh that it I mean, the acting is terrible. The special effects are non-existent. Production values, bad. Uh, yeah, and there's this boys' choir that, that provides music through it. Um, oh, and they're horrible. They're, they're not good. It's, um, like, it's like almost like when you have a record player that does the speed's not constant. Well, that could be that how could it was have recorded been, yeah. and played back, but yeah, it's not good. It's pitchy, dog. It's just it's just so so for me. <laughs> oh, I'm not yeah. feeling it, yeah, dog. Not feeling it. I and I don't. Well, I'll, the only thing I feel is rage. But we're not talking about that one this time. You can go back to a year ago and listen to that episode if you want to. Um, but what we're talking about is right now the 1984 version of A Christmas Carol that again was originally aired. Um, on, CBS. on CBS on December seventeenth, nineteen eighty four, and the uh, the it was then released as a film in the UK, um, and as rendition. Now, I have have you read the novella that uh, several times? Okay, so based on your knowledge and memory of the novella, how closely does this nineteen eighty four version? 
uh, hue to the story. It's very true to the novella, in my opinion, and as well as my memory. Like, I haven't read it in several years, Mm -hmm. but it is one of the few productions that actually shows the Ghost of Christmas Present revealing the two children underneath mm-hmm. his robe. Mm-hmm. And these these are two starving, emaciated, um, almost, um, almost possessed-looking children mm-hmm. in this particular um, production. And it's, it's a commentary on society. The one child is ignorance and the other is want. And mm-hmm. beware of them. They're the most dangerous of all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very true telling of the story. They yeah. they made a point in the movie at the end, I think, of of saying that the entire thing was shot on location in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, preponderance of British actors in that production. George C. Scott, I think, the lone American in the cast. Yeah, yeah. And hit at, 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 not even attempting a British accent. Actually, his accent was quite good. Really? Yes. Yeah, he just sounded like George C. Scott to me. No, it was it was fancied up George C. Scott. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought that his speech was wonderful. Well, his performance is fabulous. Yes, but I, I thought that his accent particularly was good. Okay. All right. Um, it, it's a true telling of the story. It's um, beautifully shot, beautifully mm-hmm. lit. Mm-hmm. Um, it has probably my favorite Tiny Tim of any production I have seen because this child, he has such a waif-like voice in the first place mm-hmm. and he is so pitiful looking. Um, the makeup on this kid was brilliant. I mean, he really, he looks like a typhoid patient or something. <laughs> the, the, the brown rings around his eyes are just, he's just very convincing as a sick, pathetic ultimately lovable child Mm -hmm. so i loved the 84 version it it, i remember when it came out that was the christmas that we got engaged yeah that was i was that was it aired about a week before we got engaged yeah we i was in college at the time you had just recently graduated from college um it it it's a nostalgic period of my life for sure but i remember like watching it on tv I don't have a calendar in front of me, but it seems like it was a Sunday night when it aired. I could be wrong, but oh, well, it seems like we watched it together. We may have. That's so, an in, that's entirely possible. Or we watched it in subsequent re-airings, perhaps, because I re- clearly remember sitting in your den watching that watching big console this. TV in the <laughs> den, and we were actually watching it, not doing what we usually did down in the den. Yeah. Necking. Make out, make out. That's all we did. Smooching, yes. Smooching. It's not like when we went to the mall, but you know that's completely an entirely Quit different it. story. Oh my uh, god! So yes, this is. It's a very um, um, accurate retelling of of. Okay, it looks a like Christmas it was Carol. actually December of eighty four, December seventeenth. You said mm-hmm. it was actually a Monday night. I huh? would have been home from school. Um, recovering from exam week, okay. so that's right. that's why the days of the week make no sense because I was right. at, I was recovering from exams and juries. So. And I may or may not have been there at the time. So I, I, don't know. I, anyway. I think maybe it was in subsequent years that we we watched uh, this. Anyway, or the hey, maybe they reran it a week later. I don't know. 
Well, I know that CBS did air it for several Christmas seasons after. Yes, yes. So, uh, so it, it it has not only not only is it a great production of A Christmas Carol, but it has sort of a warm place in our hearts. Edward Woodward as the ghost of Christmas Present mm -hmm. was brilliant, and I don't remember exactly the chronology, but it, I it seems like it was very early or just prior to his starring turn as the Equalizer, which was a CBS um, detective procedural sort of show. Yeah, he uh, he he fixed things for people who were. Um, you know, uh, facing like the mob or falsely you know, accused of something. Right. He he would uh, come through for them and uh, fix you know whatever problem they had or help them fix it. So he he uh, you know and he he was this former MI6 guy and um you know he was uh, oh, the Equalizer wasn't until the next year. So it was just prior to. Right. Very much as in Angela Lansbury's turn in that Christmas movie that we mentioned a couple of episodes ago with Lee Remick starting just before Murder, She Wrote. Ah. Uh -huh. <laughs> a pattern. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, he's a... Uh, he's, uh, he is a bad dude in a, a good way. Yeah. And in a lot of productions, they don't do uh, the Ghost of Christmas present as this giant, gregarious, um, um, loud, laughing um, creature as they do in this particular one. Um, you know, and, and they make a big deal out of the, the flame that he carries, that... The horn of plenty, as it were. In yes. some productions, it's... it's it's like a, a cornucopia. A cornucopia, yeah, that he like sprinkles Christmas cheer over people and their meals and stuff. And and I think the one with Patrick Stewart, I mean, he literally does sprinkle it. Yes. Which is another one we need to watch. Oh my gosh, yes. It should be all the Christmas carols this year. <laughs> well, yeah, we should, we should probably. Uh, but because this is, as if you've seen any of my tweets, this is, I think my favorite Christmas story to see done in a movie. Preferably with um, as accurate, as close to the text as possible. Because mm -hmm. there are some versions that I like, but they they monkey around with the story a little bit, and I, I don't much care for it. Well, here's the thing. When you have the text and prose of Charles Dickens, mm -hmm. you really don't need to do much with it. You just need to portray it. Yes. You don't need to monkey. You don't need to futz. You don't need to embellish or alter. Well, and I think some folks who tackle this story don't want to just tell the same story over again. They want to put their mark on it. Uh, and also, there may be things about the story, depending on the production, that it's easier to you know, have Scrooge show up at the Cratchit's house on Christmas morning, because I've seen versions that do that, um, and instead of waiting till Bob Cratchit comes in the day after Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, so. And I honestly don't remember how the book renders that. 
Okay. Well, more often than not, in the versions I've seen, Cratchit shows up late the next day and and, and he and, spoofs and, him. Yeah, he he pretends Scrooge pretends like he's angry at him, like he's going to fire him, and then he tells him he's going to raise his salary. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, um, that I think is probably in the book. I haven't read the book, so. Um, well, that's a little project for you then, Mister. You're right. I should do that. Mister Stan needs to read a book. That's, <laughs> it's and a that small, is asking a lot. It's a small book. I know. And my and my book has really really pretty illustrations. Do you have that book here? It's probably in this end table down here. Cool. All right. Well, we'll take care of that in a minute. Sweet. Uh, but yeah, um, the uh, the work of David Warner as Bob Cratchit. He may be my favorite Bob Cratchit too. And Susanna York is his wife. Yeah, br- brilliant, beautiful, poignant performances by them. Um, it's it's um, and sometimes you know when he's walking with Tiny Tim early on when we first encounter Tim, mm-hmm. uh, like I think the 51 version, um, they show Bob Cratchit sliding on the ice with the other kids. And then I think he throws a snowball and hits uh, Scrooge in the hat with it, knocking mm. his hat off. Yeah. You know, I, I like both ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Both, both the, um, just, you know, keeping those lives separate until the very end, um, or, you know, having their lives interact just slightly, uh, if it's done well, mm-hmm. and some movies do it well, others do not, but, uh, David Warner and Susanna York are, uh, terrific as the Cratchits, the entire brood of children are, you know, especially Tiny Tim, mm. Uh, and I don't think that kid had ever done anything maybe other than a stage play or something like that, and I don't think he's done anything since, um, which was, is fine. He's He he topped out at, what, six or seven? He, he just, that poor, anemic, wormy-looking little guy. <laughs> Bless it. Bless it. Um, and also, we in this version, we get to meet uh, Scrooge's father, which is not a typical device yes. used in most of the movies. In most of the movies, we hear about him, but we don't meet him. But in this version, we we actually see Scrooge's father come to his school to pick him up. With Fan. With Fan, his sister. Um, and you, you start to get an idea of why he is the way he is because we meet Dad. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, meeting Dad does not happen in every version of this that is we see no but father being a hard man is usually mentioned because that's why he's away at boarding school to begin with right. and then fan comes in to save the day and oh father was particularly sweet the other night so i i was brave enough to mention could you come home for christmas and you know or yeah i'm paraphrasing right but we we get mention of Scrooge's hard father, but we seldom actually meet him. Right. And in this version, we do meet we him. We do, and and that actor has got like, I the um, indelicate term is wall eyes, because um, <laughs> they face outward yeah. in different directions. Um, but yeah, it's it's it it's a little bit of you know understanding 
why Scrooge is the way he is. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, and one other thing, uh, when we get to the uh, ghost of Christmas yet to come, uh, as usual, this ghost does not speak, and his hands look like skeleton hands. Well, he's and, the Grim Reaper, basically. Essentially. But his... Um, um, how they interpret his voice in this one. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a metal gate that needs to be oiled. It's a screeching me- metallic sound. It's like a banshee, what you would imagine a banshee's wail. And it's really, really effective. Oh yeah, haunting. I like this ghost of Christmas Yet to Come pretty much over and above all of the others. Very, it's a beautiful production. It's really, it's impossible to pick apart, really. We we really enjoy this version, this 1984 version of A Christmas Carol, starring George C. Scott, amongst others. Now, let's move on. Okay. To the 2009 animated Christmas Carol with uh, Jim Carrey in the lead as Ebenezer Scrooge. There's um, also uh, Gary Oldman as um, Bob Cratchit. Colin Firth plays or voices Fred, um, Fred uh, Scrooge's uh, nephew. Bob Hoskins is old Fezziwig and a mm-hmm. couple of other uh, parts. Uh, Robin Wright Penn. In the movie, yes, she was still Robin Wright Penn. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, but she um, was both fan and bill okay so she plays his sister and his fiance that leaves him mm-hmm. um and uh carrie ellis is also uh in this as well mm-hmm. so um now this was done with motion capture as opposed to say a pixar movie that's more just full animation mm-hmm uh, the actors were on a stage wearing the motion capture suits with the little ping pong ball looking things stuck mm-hmm. on various parts of their body. And they were filmed and then the animation was laid over their movements. Um, this is kind of like um, Polar Express that was used for, for, for the animation for that. Uh, as well as an animated version of Beowulf um, that I saw. Um, but there were improvements um, to the pr- process because in Polar Express, everybody is dead from the eyes up. Hmm. I mean, from from above the mouth up. There's yeah. there's no there's no movement of the eyes, like expressive movement, like raised eyebrows or no forehead it, crinkles, the, the, anything. It just looks wrong yeah. when you see that kind of animation they had improved the uh animation style by the time they made a christmas carol this is a disney movie um and so the animation is terrific and it was also uh converted to 3d and you could i had forgotten it was 3d until i saw it as the camera's flying through yeah, the city. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, whipping around, flying, yeah. spins and swirls. And, and you know, they, they uh, Scrooge and the Ghost of Christmas Past fly mm-hmm. um, in parts of it. And uh, 
I don't like converted 3D movies. If it's not shot with 3D, it's not really worth the extra expense. But I did see the 3D version of this. Um, and I could be wrong. It may actually have been produced in 3D. But uh, Robert Zemeckis was the director of this particular uh, version of the film. And when I saw the director slate, I said, okay, Zemeckis, this is going to be worth seeing. Although, in full disclosure, when you, when you told me it was going to be an animated version, I was fully prepared to hate it. <laughs> well, um, now that there's things about the movie that I'm not real fond of. Oh, such as? Uh, well, the whole section with the ghost of Christmas yet to come where it suddenly turns into Indiana Jones or something like that. There's the, the, he's being chased by the horse-drawn hearse. Mm, um, yeah. And he shrinks down real small. And, and develops tiny toy voice. Yeah. And yeah. then he's, he's, uh, he runs into a bunch of icicles up on a roof and he's, he's, he's sort of, skating or, or surfing with an icicle as it goes across the top of the roof and and there's a lot of him being thrown around and falling and and um you know just that whole section i found to just be sort of a a slapsticky you know unnecessary um bit of junk that was not needed needed and even it with all of that extra stuff this that movie's only 96 minutes long and that includes the credits do you think that maybe um all of this embroidery that they did was just to show off the 3d toys and things that they had well it's funny you should mention that oh did um, i just make a perfect segue yes you did Aww. um i reviewed the 2009 A Christmas Carol. Uh, he saw it in the theater. In the theaters, in 3D. Um, Which would have been cool here, but it's totally not necessary because it looks really good anyway. It does. Visually, it, it's a really impressive film. It's stunning. But, quoting from my review, First, the film is often dull, and the story drags. While the motion capture capture CGI is interesting to look at, and I saw the 3D version, it isn't long before I found myself wishing the pace would pick up. Hmm. Second, Jim Carrey playing Scrooge and the Spirits of Christmas was a mistake. Despite the differing looks and accents of the characters, it was always clear the same actor was playing both parts. Well, with the exception of the ghost of Christmas yet to come, because you never see his face, but he did do the motion capture for that one as well. Well, and you never really hear any speech from right. him, so it could have been anybody. Uh, that is especially obvious for the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah. Third, the movie is padded with lots of unnecessary stunts, pratfalls, and chases that diminish the story's emotional impact. There is one long scene during the ghost of Christmas yet to come that appears to have been included just to show off the CGI. <gasps> Well, I never. Mm -hmm. Finally, why use CGI in the first place? It doesn't add anything to the story that is known by anyone over the age of five, and it doesn't make it cheaper to produce, as this film version had a budget of $200 million. Holy, mm, holy so, budget. 
Um, I had my issues with it. I was not crazy about Jim Carrey's performance in general. It just seemed a little too Jim Carrey. Lots of little little hand things and and his speech was as Scrooge just seemed a little overdone and put on and like he was trying scenery chewing yeah like he was trying too hard <laughs> so you know while again visually it's stunning um, and at, at points you're not sure you're looking at animation you think maybe this is photo this is a film there are where they have inserted the yeah. animation around it but it's not it's all CG yeah so it it looks impressive. They stick very closely to the story. Yes, for the most part they do. Um, Again, when you've got the text and prose of Charles Dickens, mm-hmm. you don't got a monkey with it. No. But there's just something about this one that doesn't ring true. It lacks the emotional punch of the 1984 version. Um, in several other versions, to be honest. Well, um, I think, it, for me, if I can put words in your mouth, it it lacks its humanity. Very well done. Thank it you. does. It lacks its humanity. Thank y'all. Especially for this story that is about family, love, forgiveness, faith, um, to just sort of boil it down to um, a, frankly, cynical effort to cash in one more time on this story and stick on top of it um, um, computer-generated animation. Um, And I'm not sure when Disney bought Pixar, but this may have been Um, pre-Pixar. You know, it's... It just does not, I don't mean pre-Pixar as in Pixar hadn't been invented yet. It had been nope. around for a decade by then. Uh, but I don't think Disney had bought Pre-Disney's them Pre-Disney's ownership of. Um, yes. And it's just, it just doesn't work for me. Um, now this surprises me because I actually liked it more than I expected to. Well, from my review... Perhaps your experience with Disney's A Christmas Carol will be better than mine. I approached the film with high expectations that may have been unreasonable. But shouldn't anyone who enters a theater, after having spent their hard-earned money on a ticket, expect a terrific experience? I did, and I was disappointed. Mm. Fortunately, I get to expense my tickets and get my money back. But that's not much comfort and no joy. sounds like I really hated it. I really didn't hate it that much. But I was not a huge fan of it. But we're going to find out how big a fan we are of both of these versions right after this. Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage, where we are doing a would-you-rather, if you will, of A Christmas Carol. Two versions of it. The 1984 made-for-TV George C. Scott starring version and the 2009 computer-generated uh, imagery version that has Jim Carrey providing uh, the voice of Scrooge. So, um, I think you probably liked the newer version more than I did, but please tell me, 
1984 Scrooge, what do you give it? Oh, 11 humbugs. Okay. All the humbugs. All the humbugs. And when I say humbugs, I really mean um, plum puddings. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, okay, I, I agree with you completely. It is one of my favorite versions. It, it really is. It's glorious. And uh, it's terrific. Uh, just search for it. If you can find it streaming anywhere, by all means, watch it. It's even worth buying, in my opinion. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. Okay. Now, the 2009 Disneyfication of A Christmas Carol. What do you give that one? Well, now you you were very up on it. Um, I was more up on it than I expected to be. Mm-hmm. That being said, my expectations were that it was going to suck. Okay. So overall, and again, I'm going to have to split my rating because visually, it's beautiful, it's stunning, it's impressive, it's great. Acting, casting performances wise three okay that is what i gave it when i saw it the first time and that's what i'm giving it now three stars out of five it is like i said visually amazing to look at it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous colorful beautiful film but there's just something about the combination of the animation jim carrey's performance the um unknown reason for them putting a bunch of stunt slapstick flashy crap mess into the um last ghost um just it it just it just lessens it 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 reduces it so three stars out of five for me for the 2009 version that you can uh watch on disney plus and i'm sure you can rent it on all the usual places Here's the thing. Please, give me the thing. I imagine, in my fevered imagination of Ma's brain, how it would have been, how it could have benefited, had Colin Firth and Jim Carrey swapped places. If Colin Firth had been Scrooge and all the ghost voices, and if Jim Carrey had been Fred in a smaller, much smaller role. I like the way you think. Uh, Because Colin Firth is brilliant. He is a marvelous actor. Yeah, he's a significantly better actor. But this may have been around the time when, you know, for a period of time, Jim Carrey was always being considered for Best Acting Oscar. Or maybe this is after that. He's not a bad actor. He's not. I got no qualms. But to play Ebenezer Scrooge... You gotta, yeah. You need um, you need something, and he kind of didn't quite have it. No, he didn't. All right. Um. So that's that's our opinions on two of the Christmas carols. There's like fifty more of them. All you got to do is do a Google search, and you'll see. And we've got you know we'll probably hit another version or two. In the next week or so, because, you know, the season and nostalgia and... And we just like the story. And we... Yeah, and it's... I am like my friend, The Herd, who um, actually was who pinged me a minute ago, and who is kind of a connoisseur of mm-hmm. versions mm-hmm. of A Christmas Carol. Um, 
I like seeing different versions. I like comparing and contrasting them. I like finding favorites. I really think we need to revisit the Patrick Stewart one. Just saying. Well, uh, we own it, so. Cause and we both loved it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's. I like I like that version too. It it's is very out. Good. It is actually slower. Uh, it's there's because I think it was split up into two two-hour TV movies. I don't remember. That for the full length is about three hours long after they, you know, take all the commercials out, so. We watched last year a new version. The one on FX. The Guy Pierce one that Mm -hmm. was twisty and departed somewhat from the story. Significantly. But it worked for me because the twists that they made, they made work. Yeah. It was was dark. It was dark and it was uh, sort of... Uh, dinged for being slow um, as well. It was a slow burn, though. It was. It, and it was dark visually, and too. And the, the reinterpretation of Marley's ghost, uh, who becomes more of a running character through that story. Um, and um, uh, there's a Christmas tree on fire in sort of um, the nether region. Um, you know, purgatory, I guess, is where it what it's supposed to be um and you know it takes some real chances with the story Mm -hmm. and for the most part i liked it for me it worked yeah so uh if you can find that one uh it was on fx originally um i don't know if they monkeyed with the name any but it's a christmas carol and it was last year so yeah do scrooge guy pierce yeah that'll probably scrooge Scrooge guy pierce p-e-a-r-c-e the one version that I've had mentioned to me that I've never watched is the musical version version with Albert Finney. I have seen that a time or two. Um, so we may have to add that to the list as we well. We may. We are sort of uh, Christmas Carol connoisseurs, if you will. Eh, kind of, sort of. Slightly snobby about it, I must say. Uh, uh, so, so, no. so. Uh, all right, what have you been watching lately? Um, well, we have been watching together. We finished Murder on Middle Beach mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. Very unsatisfying ending in well, many ways. The case isn't over yet. Because the case isn't over, yes. Um, but it was a, for me, it was a good episode. Um, I was the whole series had me involved and invested very from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, this poor young man is trying to figure out who murdered his mom and there, there's family members at each other's throats and there's, you know, high stakes pyramid scheme gift tables and then there's Interpol and there's all this holy what the family. Yeah, his dad. His dad's a jerk. His dad is a jerk um, and he is shifty and... Of course, in the first episode, you know, it's always the husband. Mm. Um, and then in the last episode, because he never wants to answer any questions, he says he can't talk about it for legal reasons. I'm not going to talk about or it. Or I'm just not going to talk about it. You don't need to know. It's none of your business. That's what right. A That's, jerk. That has nothing to do with our relationship. That has nothing to do with your mother. Uh, even though his mother in in letters to her divorce lawyer is talking about all the stuff and there's all this paperwork that's got his dad's name on it of these multi-hundred million dollar offshore 
deals, likely money laundering. Dubai and, and all these exotic overseas yeah. places. And, and I'm keeping paperwork in a safe place in case something happens to me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, not all of that was years before she actually died. Yeah. Uh, a few years. But still, mm. you know, there's, uh, there's, all, there's all sorts of weirdness that I am hopeful maybe if there's ever an arrest and conviction, he'll come back to it and fill us in. Oh, my gosh, yes. But anyway, Murder on Middle Beach, you can stream that on HBO, HBO Max. Max. Um, we started the, the, oh, what's the name of it? It's I, called the, Heaven's Gate, The Cults of Cults. Yeah. Also on HBO Max. We watched two episodes of that actually right before we started recording this podcast. Mm. <laughs> Dude, I'm digging it. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard this story told from various angles several times. Sure. Either in single episode formats or multi-part podcast episodes and um marshall applewhite is just an odd man so on so many levels but yeah and you know i'm sorry i've i've never been in a place in my life where i just questioned reality to the point where i would believe that I'm going to be taken up in a spaceship even before the whole suicide thing started. Oh yeah. You know, they were the the theory, their theory was is that uh these human vessels vehicles uh, vehicles uh would be are are housing alien spirits and we had to reach the next level which at first was through their teachings. Um, and we would physically and chemically transform into these uh, alien creatures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, that's going to happen. And then um, a death of one of the founders causes uh, Applewhite, or Doe, to... Doe! Yeah. Sorry. Uh, to um, modify and morph... Uh, the, the teaching. The teaching. And then an unfortunate coincidence is going to occur in the next episode or two um, that is going to eventually lead to the suicides. So, yeah, if you if you have HBO Max, um, uh, give this freak show thrill ride a, a shot uh, because it is it's fascinating and... Like I said, I don't get how any of these people fell for it, but it was the 70s, uh, at least when it when started. When it started, yeah. Um, it's true crime slash psychological drama, not the fact that it's fiction, because it's it's totally real, it totally yeah, happened, man. but the drama in in the events as they occurred. Yeah. Um, it's trippy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I went on a bit of a nostalgia kick uh, this week Aww. and watched a couple of episodes of Columbo. Hmm, nice. The, the um, 1970s um, uh, detective wearing the rumpled uh, raincoat, uh, always chewing on a stogie, um, always saying, and just one more thing. Um, and everybody underestimates him. The, and you see the murder first. You know who did it. 
and then the investigation begins and he tries to figure it out even though it seems to be a perfect murder and uh, if he's working with any other law enforcement like the feds or you know um, if there's I think in the first episode uh, the guy was friends with somebody in the DA's office mm-hmm. and so the DA's office tried to get him to try to get Columbo to, to back off and not bother this guy anymore yeah. Uh, but he's always one step ahead. He's always smarter than they give him credit for. Um, he always um, is constantly working the little cracks in people's stories or the things that don't quite add up. And it works his way to the proper conclusion. Um, the first and second episodes are like two different shows. Mm. Um, the first episode, obviously the pilot, and it was probably shot as a TV movie. Yeah, probably. Um, which features a soundtrack by Dave Brubeck. Oh my gosh. Um, That's is, cool. Is about a psychiatrist who is uh, having an affair with one of his patients and decides to kill his wife. Ooh. Because she's wealthy and so he'll inherit all the money. He makes it look like a, um, a robbery. Yeah. Um, he dresses up the girlfriend to look like the wife. They go to the airport because they're supposed to go on this trip to Acapulco for their um, anniversary. Mm-hmm. And um, they get on a f- they they fake a fight on the plane to make a big deal about how she was on the plane. Yeah, and she got off the plane and went home because she was mad at him. And they then have, she got herself murdered. That's right. They they make it look like a break in. And the whole style of that first episode is very different from the second episode. They probably got feedback and then tweaked it. I I guess, because, uh, I mean, Columbo even looks different. His hair's a little more styled, and it's shorter, and it's more in control, and I'm pretty sure that was a toupee anyway. (laughs) Um, Okay. And he he gets real aggressive with somebody he's questioning, like he's going to... He essentially tells this woman that he's going to break her and she's going to admit what she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a very aggressive, loud, he's yelling at her style. So that he looks... Columbo never would... Th- that in future episodes, Columbo just didn't do. So in the, in the pilot episode, he looks more refined, but his tactics are less so. He's definitely, at least in part of it, a bad cop. And then they flip it, and he becomes, you know, looking more like a disheveled gumshoe, but yeah. his, his tactics are much more refined. He's, he, he's, at least in that second episode, he's, he's a little more bumbling, yeah, acting, um, more clueless-seeming, and it's not until he confronts the killer that he, he develops this air of certainty and, mm-hmm. and assurance, so... Um, the yeah. Columbo that we come to know. Yes. Um, Columbo is available to stream if you have... Um, it's on Hulu, right? You said it was on Hulu. Did I Did I dream that? What? Columbo? I don't yeah. know. Oh, I saw... Um, yes, I saw promos for Columbo on Hulu. Okay. Yes. Uh, but if you don't have Hulu and you do have Amazon Prime, you also have the IMDb TV channel. So it's streaming there with commercials. So um, you can check check that out there. I also watched 
Big Mouth, uh, the fourth <laughs> season on Netflix. The whole season. So I, I just, You've binged. I just jammed that thing in me as hard as I could. Pardon the expression. You, um, you plowed through. I did. Um, and in this fourth season, the gang is fractured. They're all angry at each other, but eventually they come back together again. Um, but uh, this may be, pardon my language, the horniest season <laughs> of um, Big Mouth. And again, it's an animated series, but it is not for children. Oh, Lord, no. It's very adult. It is very grown up. And uh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney and all the rest of the voices do a fantastic job. Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph is as the queen the of hormone all things. monster is. I love that. I love her. <laughs> and like when she says bubble bath, she says it in such a way it sounds like you know you're sinking in honey. Uh, <laughs> it's it's. I just I just think she's. The she best. can do no wrong. She's multi-talented brilliant woman and there's a series also available on netflix called alien worlds which is where she goes to sleep um it, it, he means me Maud. yes uh Maud not maya rudolph because i don't think that he knows where she sleeps i do not um but it, it is a speculative um scientific speculation and using computer animation and interviews with uh, lots of uh, um, experts um, or at least they hope they hope they're experts since they don't know for 100% for sure but they are taking the rules at least as they apply on earth to life and then they uh, speculate on what it might be like if conditions are slightly different on an alien world they they uh, talk about three alien worlds. One is uh, tidally locked, so one side of the planet faces its uh, star. Uh, it's a small red dwarf star, and that often happens. And then uh, a second world where there are uh, two suns, and because of the extra light, it produces more energy for the planet, uh, for the plants and animals on the planet to use, it also it has a higher uh, level of oxygen in this particular atmosphere. So there's that. And then there's a third planet uh, where it has, uh, the civilization on it is 9 billion years old, and they have evolved out of physical bodies, and all they are is uh, brain matter inside of these containers and they are fed by uh, robots and artificial intelligence that keep them alive. Ew. It, it's not as gross as it sounds because you don't really get a very good look at what's in the box. What's in the box? Mm. Pardon my seven quote. Um, but it's all very interesting um, if you're into that kind of thing. It's only three episodes or maybe four, three. Three or four. So, um, you know, if you're interested in speculative science um, and the possibility of life on other worlds, then give Alien Worlds a look-see. That is on Netflix. Big Mouth is on Netflix. Columbo I found on IMDb TV. And Heaven's Gate, The Cult of Cults is on HBO, HBO Max. Max, as is Murder on Middle Beach. Yeah, stream that. Yeah. All that's good stuff. We liked all of that. Mm-hmm.
All right. Well, I guess that will take care of it for this week, unless you have something else you want to share. Um, just for our friends who observe, I wish you a happy Hanukkah, a blessed Hanukkah. Um, that will begin the evening of the 10th at sundown, so that's a couple of days from when, when we're, we're recording, recording this. So, Hanukkah blessings to my friends who observe. Yes, spin that dreidel real good. Um, uh, and... Well, I, I, I guess that's Next about week's it. Next my week turn. is your turn. Do you have a clue as to what you might uh, have us watch? Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, we seem to be in the time of holiday movies. Well, yeah. I mean, we're gonna. I'm gonna squeeze that donkey as long as we have time because you know it's it's the season. That's a lovely saying. Squeeze that donkey. <laughs> I'm sorry. That. I, yeah, that was pretty. Like an affectionate squeeze, like a hug. Oh, okay. Hug that donkey. Then. I'm going to hug the donkey. Hug, hug the donkey. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, also, uh, wherever you uh, download, if you would subscribe, that would help. And uh, if you have a suggestion for something for us to watch, you can send us that uh, via email. All you got to do is tell us the name of what it is that you want us to watch. Uh, where it's available to stream, and why you want us to watch it. Send that to comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. You can also leave your suggestions via the link uh, with the voice message that uh, you can find in the description of this podcast. Just click the link and start chatting. All right, we will see you next week. Please be careful. Wear your masks. Oh my gosh, yes. And love you. Love you. Till next time. Later. Later. Yay!